thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Meara. And we have an amazing guest on the show with us today, the beautiful Alex Stewart, who is the founder, creator, inventor, extraordinaire of um, a website that I have just totally fallen in love with and a whole product range of courses and recipes and podcasts and just deliciousness called Low Tox Life. Now, which one of you gorgeous creatures discovered this amazing soul? Well, Alex has actually been on the radar for a very long time. I have a major oh. hashtag girl crush and I have uh-huh. done her course. And <laughs> I first time I got introduced to Alex was actually at the Mind Forum a couple of years ago. And I watched her on stage and just thought, oh, my gosh, I so need to stalk, I mean, find her. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I have been an avid follower. I have done her low-tox living. She speaks my language, all of our languages, actually. So it's been a real coup. And we're just so excited to have you, Alex. So welcome. Oh, I'm super happy to be here. Thanks for the amazing welcome. <laughs> Alex, can you just tell us how you got into um, your world that you're in and what led you to creating such a website with all these programs? Give us a background as to how you came to being where you are today. So never an easy question to reply to, I've got to say. Um, my life is a bit twisty and turny, but I guess everybody's is once they, you know, once you're 40 and over 40, I just, you know, you look back and there's just so many more bits to life. Whereas if someone asked you that question when you're 25, it's like, oh, I went to uni and I'm doing this now. But um, okay. So for me, uh, really, I um, came to be doing what I do today primarily because of some of the uh confronting kind of things I learned through my own journey. Um, As someone who was in her late 20s, I'd had chronic tonsillitis, we're talking sort of three, four times a year, ever since I could remember. And and that was really the first thing that led me to seek out a naturopath because I was doing that whole just keep treating it with antibiotics thing because you know, in the 90s, that's what you did and that's all you knew. And um, naturopathy and alternative medicine was very hippie woo-woo, like you couldn't even find a practitioner basically and your doctor, you know, would basically not let you. Um, But I I went and saw a naturopath when I was on the third round of um, antibiotics, like the highest you could possibly be on for strep throat. And um, I was like trapped tragic in my little apartment in Bondi, I'll never forget it, spitting into a bottle instead of swallowing because it could not bear the pain. And um, and I just thought something has to change. And I knew, knew a friend in Bondi had seen a naturopath and I went to her and, um, and she basically gave me a couple of herbs and made me fast on chicken broth, brown rice and really well-cooked carrots for two days. And the, the, <laughs> the tonsillitis stopped she also identified that gluten was an inflammatory food for me and that was a bit of a blow to a half frenchie i gotta say but i got rid of it and um and literally 
literally did not get tonsillitis again, um, except for one mild case after my son was born, which ironically I had been eating a bit of um, gluten at the time um, because, you know, you girls will know like when you're pregnant, you don't have those allergic responses that you normally have. And I was like, like, woohoo, pass me the croissant. Um, but <laughs> I um, sort of fooled myself into thinking, oh, gluten must be fine now. And then as soon as I'd had my son and all my normal um, antibody responses came back, unfortunately it was not fine and I did get tonsillitis again. And it was a real affirmation for me that that was definitely the link to my being chronically unwell in that sense. But I'd had PCOS as well and um, I'd been on the pill as someone in my early 20s. And when I came off the pill, I'd didn't get my period again. And the second sort of appointment with her, I said, okay, let's tackle this because I haven't had a period in two years. And my doctor and um, the specialist have told me that possibly I might have early onset menopause. And she just laughed at me. And I was like, what, what do you mean? laughing like this is a really serious issue she's like no I really don't believe you have early onset menopause let's get you on to this this and this and um and you know just come back next month and we'll see how you're going and I got my period three weeks later and I really haven't looked back um since then I, I see my primary care practitioner always as a naturopath and I go to the doctor for save the day type stuff now um so it's um a, a really um a different thing. So anyway, so I realized more and more that whole foods were really important. I just generally started to become more aware of what I was putting on my body as well. I had left cosmetics and when I left cosmetics as an industry, I also stopped getting migraines. So that was another flag for me of like, like oh, I wonder what was it about cosmetics that was giving me the migraines? And um you know, on and on it went until I had my son and then really um, as having children does for so many of us, that um, thirst for knowledge ramped up because I had this gorgeous clean slate that I didn't want to harm in any way, shape or form. And so uh, I started researching much more deeply and getting into much more nerdy kind of topics, texts and research. And that's when everything sort of hit me like a ton of bricks that I, I absolutely had to be an educator in this space because I had been an educator um, and a, a trainer in hospitality and in cosmetics at quite high levels, training huge groups of people and motivating people and um, and working on team cultures and change. And, and I thought these are skills that I really need to bring to this place because there's a lot of people working in their offices and practitioner um, suites talking to people one-on-one, -on -one, but I really feel like a basic broad brush knowledge is required for people and to feel like it's not doom and gloom, polar ice cap super scary, you're going to get cancer, all that kind of stuff. But just to help the average everyday person feel really excited, positive and not guilty about doing positive stuff because it just kind of blew my mind out of my own sort of recognition of what um, my experience with the wellness industry had been in which um, anyone who grew up in the 80s and 90s will know that it was all about feeling guilty about eating a gram of fat or, um, you know, doing anything wrong or failing or falling off the wagon and all those sorts of horrible negative messages, right? And I just thought, no, I really want to create a space that's really positive, really empowering. And I had absolutely, I'm the biggest tech Luddite in the world, so I had no idea how to go about this stuff. <laughs> Um, but I just got my sister to set me up with a WordPress page and, and off I went and just started sharing some of the stuff I'd researched. And it was a very organic business that 
the motive has always been and will always be just making people feel awesome about change and realize that they can make changes that help just um, not just them but the planet as well. I think the environmental piece is so empowering for people once we realize we can be a part of the big picture um, without swing off a boat in the Pacific and be a protesting type of activist. We can be mini activists in a very peaceful way every day. Um, and yeah, it just kind of grew from there. Really just kept thinking, what do my people need as a little tribe formed and became bigger and bigger and just kept helping people with what they needed, basically. I think that's what makes you so amazing too. What you hit on just before is as people become more educated in this arena and for a lot of people, the guilt or the sense of shame or the, oh my gosh, have I really hurt my children or my family? I've been on the pill for so long or I've been using this particular skincare forever. I've been using these harsh chemicals in my home. Some people, when they have the awakening, I've noticed go cold turkey, get rid of the lot and and absolutely just would never go there again. Other people from a financial perspective you know, they've been doing it for this long. And I think what I love about you is that you are someone who allows people to go through the process, or not allows, but you teach people to go through the process and bring products in as you as you can. What would be your first go-to um, if someone's listening to this for the first time and didn't realize all these chemicals could be obesogens, phytoestrogen, dis- hormone disrupting chemicals, like all sorts of things. What would you say to the person and, um, who was fairly new to this or how could they go about it? Do you have any kind of basic starter rules or starter ideas around going chemical-free, low-tox? Yeah, totally. Um, look, I'm <laughs> just at the risk of sounding really salesy. Like, honestly, I created my go low Detox course for this purpose alone to help people do this and feel great about it and to take 35 days and a little cheeky half hour hour a day to to spend time going through all the areas of our daily life and doing that. But having said that, you know, not everybody can afford the 149 bucks or whatever. And I want to give you a couple of tips, of course, today to really drastically lower your toxic load. And for me, it's all about, it's kind of like, you know, let's take food as example. A lot of people know that organic is obviously a better choice wherever and whenever possible, but that daunts a lot of people thinking, oh my gosh, my three bill's going to double and my partner's going to get really upset with me and all these sorts of, you know, people just feel so much negativity, fear, guilt, you name it. It always seems to be negativity that hits us first, but no, don't feel negative when it comes to food. Just think of the five things you guys eat the most as a family and switch those to organic. Just start there, the highest volume items. So, you know, if you drink milk in your family, that's always a popular one, you know, just switch to an organic milk and that'll make a huge difference. The same with any other staple. So, your eggs, I think eggs is a really important one to go organic pasture raised. Um, and then the same with chemicals. So, I look, look at your whole body and think, well, that's my skin, my largest organ. Am I going to change my face cream first? Or my body cream first. Well, you know, your face is this tiny and your body is like the entire rest of you. So change the body lotion first and and, um, and switch that out. And a lot of people also think, oh gosh, this is going to be so expensive. But the beautiful thing about going low-tox when it comes to personal care is quite often the low-tox options, certainly the ones we look at um, and uh, recommend, are really low to medium price range. Things that you would be finding totally comparable to a mainstream pharmacy situation. Um, 
So body lotion is my favorite one. Um, and another favorite, of course, is getting that aluminium out of our armpits and um, using a natural deodorant. Now, this terrifies people because people just think, oh, my God, I'm going to be stinky. I don't want to be a stinky person. Or, um, But, you know, that that's a, a very, very important detox channel and we really don't want nasties going into it, especially something like aluminium that can really wreak havoc with our lymphatic system and, um, and toxify that whole area, uh, which is so close to to our boobies, which is absolutely not great um, as the research is showing. So um, switch to a natural deodorant, switch to an all-over body moisturizer that's natural. And um, and uh, my other favorite is, of course, your body um, bath gel or your soap because that's something you're using every day in the shower and that's another big um, high-volume item. Um, I'm a huge fan, if I'm allowed to plug a brand here, of Dr. Bronner's. I think they're just an amazing company. Um, actually, on my podcast on show three, I interview the granddaughter, Lisa Bronner, and we talk about the whole history of the brand and then their ethics. It's just so beautiful. So, switching to something like that's awesome. Really, really um, economical. You can chuck it in a foaming po- uh, pump pack to make it last even longer. Uh, and what else would I suggest? Oh, there's so many things. Oh, ditch your fabric softener. That's responsible for about 80% of your indoor air pollution. If you've got a laundry inside your house and you use a fabric softener, there are quaternium complexes um, that are used in there that are really irritating to your lungs, as well as high, high amounts of phthalates through the synthetic fragrances that you find in there, in most of them. Like, you know, I mean, and, and just start asking yourself, what on earth does spring fresh actually smell like? And just realize that it's a total rot and that a fresh bunch of flowers smells nothing like those fabric softeners smell. And once you get that stuff out of your house and then you smell it at someone else's house, literally it only takes a couple of weeks to detox it from your own system, you realize how poisonous this stuff is. Like it'll actually make you gag. So um, those are probably my favorite big ticket um, items, high volume in terms of how we use them and how they penetrate our indoor environment or our personal care so that's where i'd start it's true isn't it when you walk down that that laundry detergent aisle at the supermarket oh my gosh it is so overpowering Mm. and so strong can you tell us a little bit about what are phthalates and how um how they're so hidden in so many things what's another name for it um like i know it's around fragrance but we know there's around uh, my understanding is there's between you know around 300 chemicals chemicals that make up um, phthalates. Fragrance is another word to look for because you won't see the word phthalates on a label, will you? So how, what other ways nope. can we look for that? And and what are your big, what are your go-tos to get rid of? Um, I know you're big on getting parabens and phthalates out of the system. Is there anything else? Um, well, there's heaps of things. I mean, you know, we could talk about this for hours and hours of and go through each chemical. Um, But I I love um, looking for synthetic fragrances because quite often you can just start there and forget the rest of the label. Um, You know, I'm I'm big on rather than thinking everybody has to get some sort of chemistry degree and know exactly what every single ingredient on every single list is. um, You so don't need to do that. Whereas if you just go for some of the highly frequented synthetics, um, you'll quite often be able to spot them really easily and just know it's not even worth looking at the rest of the label. So when it comes to phthalates, you have um, them hidden underneath uh, the word fragrance or parfum. 
Those are the two words you'll see. But sometimes there'll be a little asterisk next to fragrance or parfum and then underneath you'll see but made with essential oils. So you'll know um, that possibly that's a natural one. But just be careful of the word with because because that could mean, um, if it says made with essential oils, it could also mean that there's other stuff in there too. So it might be worth emailing company on that one. But um, if it says um, natural fragrance used only or natural essential oils used only, then that's fine. But if it, the word with is in there, quite often that's like a bit of a loophole for them to say, kind of like a product can have organic on its label, but unless it's certified or organic actually it only needs to have about 10 percent of the overall ingredient volume as organic ingredients believe it or not um so yeah phthalates hides under the word fragrance you don't see it separately as an ingredient listed and the reason it's in the word fragrance and, and makes up a synthetic part of a synthetic fragrance is that its job like a phthalate exists in the world to make things sticky um, and in the world of fragrances, that means it makes it last longer. So that's why you can hug someone at the gym and then go home, have a shower, and you can still smell certain fragrances on you. That's when they'll be highly um, uh, prominent, uh, have phthalates in them in, in high quantities. So you really just want to start thinking, do I see fragrance or parfum on a label with no other explanation? That's my clue that that's a synthetic fragrance. Um, you can email the company and ask if it contains phthalates. You spell that P-H-T-H-A-L-A-T-E-S. Um, if you want to start being the um, person who starts emailing people, I, I personally love doing that. I just think there's nothing better in really, really knowing whether something's good for you or not. Once you've got the tools, it's really empowering to just take a stand and say, actually, now that I've learned that that's in that product, I'm not going to use that anymore. Mm. Yeah, and no, I, I agree with you. Uh, we were, my husband and I were at your Monday market the other day and um, we stopped at a candle place and it, it smelled really nice. But ah, yep. because I'm, I'm used to essential oils, I just felt there was something and, and my husband was about to buy it. And I said to the, the lady, I said, could you tell me what you use to make this smell good? She says, oh, we, we make a blend of essential oils and, and um, perfume." And or maybe fragrance, mm -hmm. I think she called it. And I said, oh, sorry, he's allergic. He can't have fragrance. And I got <laughs> him and walked him away, you know, yeah. because, I just, like, I didn't know how to just say, no, we're not buying that, you know, not to do that. <laughs> but I just said, mm. we'll just move him on. But, you know, something that I'm noticing uh, in the food industry, there's this new thing called clean labelling. Oh, yep. They're using products like oh, ingredients, and I don't want to call them ingredients because they're a bunch of chemicals, but they're making you think that it is a, a food such as rosemary extract when in actual fact it has nothing to do mm. with being anything whole. It's, you know, 48 chemicals. I'm actually seeing this, and Kim, I, needed, I wanted to talk to you about this too. I'm actually seeing this in what you would think you could trust cosmetics um, and personal care products, so moisturisers and body moisturisers. And I think the name is fooling the people that are making them because I know one in particular, I know that this person, if this person knew that it was in this person's product, I'm not going to say he or she, um, I think that he would, <laughs> she's on good, <laughs> this person would be. <laughs> there it is. 
There it is. It was right there. Um, be appalled. Absolutely appalled. I'm actually going to call this person and let him, uh, person, <laughs> I'm going to hopeless. I can't, can't keep a secret of anything. <laughs> but I just, I just find that they don't know. They see the name rosemary extract and they go, great, it's an extract of rosemary, but it's not. And um, we're being, like, we think we're becoming smart and then the manufacturers become smarter. That's the way I'm seeing it, unless we are keeping up with what they're doing. And that's the scary part. Mm, that's right. And, and I think, you know, it's really important to find websites that you can trust uh, yeah. and brands that are really, really transparent. One of my favourite tips is if if you – has someone got a cat? Is that what oh. I'm hearing? Oh, yes, <laughs> so it's you, my yeah. cat. Yeah, that's yeah, all I, I can so hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's my cat. It wants to be fed. No, it's fine. I'm just – I've got cat radar. It's totally fine. Um, <laughs> but one of my favourite tips, and I get this all the time, oh, can someone help me find out whether this XYZ brand is um, low-tox because I can't seem to find the ingredients on their website? Well, hello, um, you know, the sirens should be going off. Because if someone makes it super hard for you to find ingredients on their website, you know, where you have to click through 5 billion tabs and then maybe download something, or then, then that to me is a big alarm bell for them not wanting you to see um, what's in their products. Um, I, and I'm just such a fan of people who put everything up front, centre, um, you know, it just for me it's a huge flag if you if you find yeah. it hard to see what's find out what's in a product mm. i agree i agree entirely i get so annoyed when i look up a product to find the ingredients and it's the hardest thing to find and that's um our supplements our food uh and even um alcohol like here alcohol is one thing that they don't even have to put the ingredients on so i end up bringing um places to find out well are you putting this in do you do that what else do you do you know so it's just um and, and the I, other thing they put on um a lot of websites i've noticed alex is that they'll put on key they'll say there you click on their ingredients and it says key ingredients but it's not all the ingredients ah uh, yes that yeah, happens it's, a it's lot the old gluten-free isn't it yeah. of the cosmetic world where you see something on the, you know, no parabens on the front, you go, oh, great, I'm doing something good for my family. And there it is, you got swim swindled because just like in the food industry, you know, it's the ingredient list that is the most important thing for you to make a decision on, not a couple of key phrases or um, key ingredients. You know, I, I always laugh when I think back, well, I laugh and cringe at the same time, but I used to work for... Um, for one of the best uh, cosmetic houses in the world, you know, very prestigious. We're talking $400 creams, the first perfumer in France, like that kind of a brand. Steeped in amazing tradition and it's why I fell in love with them. I love a good origin story. I've always been like that. I love brand stories where, you know, there's a lot of history. But when we would train on like a new moisturiser that came out to the market, we would be taught about that, you know, rare seaweed air extract from the bottom of the Aegean Sea, touched by an angel kind of vibe. <laughs> We'd know all of that stuff. Um, and that's what we would train on and that's what our, uh, our cosmetic consultants would then go out into the workplace, into their David Jones stores and things and, and sell the products. But we never talked about that. It wasn't even questioned or asked. Like I can't believe how um, non-curious I was about everything else 
else that was on that label because I look now and it's just packed with crap. And you just think, my goodness, how how was that not ever, you know, something that I wanted about until uh, the point of me sort of getting sick and, and having a few issues and, and having to get curious and joys is helping people get curious before some horrible life event <laughs> that makes them call into question things you know you know like yeah. we should just be curious people and I think our, our education system has a lot to answer for raising non-curious people we, we're just raised to learn stuff and then apply yeah. stuff um, I, based on what they've taught us not what we've personally sought out I get um, I get lots of you know, you, with what you've just said there, we're not raised to be curious. We're not. We're not raised to question. We're not raised to figure things out for ourselves. We're just raised to follow tradition and follow conditioning. I had a, mm. I had an event the other day, and I was talking to um, a group of the girls about how, you know, every time there's a new day, like when you go to sleep, it's almost like the you that's here today kind of disappears because when you're in deep sleep mm. you don't know where you are it's you know you're, you're kind of not here but then all of a sudden you wake up and you're here again but we relate to every day just as another day but in the same model of the world our same way of being our same way of responding our same way of acting it just is groundhog day and Whereas the opposite is actually true. And I, it just with what you just said then, Alex, it just really sparked it for me because I thought, you know, a million people didn't wake up this morning. And mm. we, you know, that means that everybody who did wake up is really blessed to have a chance to start again and to start life afresh and to start life anew every single day rather than starting life the way that they finished life yesterday. And I think if we were able to look at every day like that, then we would be able to look at our food, we'd be able to look at our thoughts, we'd be able to look at what goes on our body, we would look at how we relate to each other, we'd look at how we relate to uh, animals we would look at how we relate to the planet and we would do it with curiosity and like you know wisdom but eyes wide open like a child you know with with interest interest in everything rather than just conditioned that this is what you eat because that's what you've always eaten and you have baked beans and this is what you do because this is what everybody else does and this is how you behave because this is how everybody else behaves you know and I think that there's this whole opportunity that exists to really um, step into a new skin and a healthier skin and a more vibrant skin every day that we open our eyes because that is a bloody good day. You know, oh, like, absolutely. It's yeah. like, you know, a lot of people who do um, the Real Food Rockstars course, you know, we, we focus on really just motivating people to love working with, interacting with and enjoying food every day because we are so lacking in enjoyment around food. It's either making us feel guilty, making us feel fat, making us feel too skinny, making us feel sick, making us feel, you know, there's all this negative stuff around food plus um, people begrudge cooking. And to me, this is one of the greatest tragedies um, and greatest first world problems of our time. 
time because there are millions of people out there who don't even have food. And so, you know, something I always like to say is instead of begrudging um, food, why don't we see it as a privilege to have food to be able to cook in the first place? And it really helps wake people up because um, – you know, as I said, as we were saying about a lack of curiosity, when we're not when we're not wondering, when we don't have wonder and wondrousness around, um, simply picking like a, a favourite looking zucchini out of a bunch, or you know, what a what a what a privilege it is to do that at a market or a, a nice um, store. You know, it's like I, I really feel sad that we've come to this place who's so conditioned to think that food and cooking. Um, and cooking for our families is beneath us. You know, this is what the food industry's done to us. Alex, do you think we a bit of a are, tangent, but it seemed, seemed like the right moment to mention it. Do you think I like that, it? Yeah, me too. Do you think that um, we're all still in a bubble? Like we all think the same way. Do you think what? What do you think is the percentage of people out there? Because I'm just curious on this level, because you know, um, one of the things that um, when Cindy and I were at that Mind Forum that you spoke at a couple of years ago, we also, Cindy got to interview Dr. Natasha Campbell-McBride and she talked about the fact about what an honour and privilege it is for women to get back in the kitchen. And she was really big on us um, realising that we had the power and potential to heal nations by having women cooking again. And a lot of women out there either hate cooking or they... Um, they don't even know what to cook or they see it as such an inconvenience. Mm -hmm. Do you think, mm -hmm. um, uh, not only in the food industry but in the chemical industry, I was just with my daughter in Myers watching all these young girls buying all these cheap um, cosmetics and looking and trying <laughs> these things on and I'm desperately wanting to go over there and say something but I didn't. But I'm thinking, is it really still that much of a minority, do you think, in, in your view? Oh, yes. We're absolutely, we're a minority. I was at Disneyland with my family last week and um, what a way to step out of the bubble um, <laughs> to yeah. go to Disneyland. Uh, it's the most magical, fun place in the world, like guaranteed you will have an absolute ball. However, you will also realise that people are drowning themselves in plastic merchandise and synthetic stuff made by God knows who God. God knows where, and uh, sharing blue fairy floss with their three-year-old, thinking, what a treat. You know, that's the reality. Um, and that's, oh. that's I still believe, um, very much the majority of what people are doing out there. You know, it's, um, I've visited uh, our third lowest socioeconomic suburb here in Sydney um, a couple of years ago and, and got a tour of the food bank that they use to help the families procure some food for their families at a really low cost price and and um, and then I had a tour of a few houses and something that really shocked me was the hideous quality like we're talking things like pour the boiling water over the noodle type MSG bomb um, soups that sort of stuff at the food bank um, and really processed cereals yet all these people had huge gardens and nothing growing in them and it just made me realize you know how how much we've lost our way that we that how debilitated we are by 
what should inherently be um, something that we all kind of do as a baseline, which is if you've got some land, you grow food. It can, I mean, you know, my friend India and I do, grows kilos upon kilos of vegetables on a tiny city balcony and has made a career of inspiring other people to do the same with her edible balcony book. So, you know, there's there's so much that d- just to, to um, come back to your point, yes, we are in a bubble. Um, yes, the majority of people, I reckon, still are very much just completely oblivious to the fact that a fresh air system should be opening a window for free, not something that goes off periodically for every five minutes called, um, you know, uh, spring fresh in your home to supposedly give you fresh air. Um, And, you know, that's what we're still so conditioned by advertising. And, uh, and, you know, I think it's just the work of people such as all of you, me, all of the people out there just building inclusive, happy, supportive communities are, I really feel like there's an energy shift around wellness now and if you're feeling bad about it, then you're doing it wrong. Find a community that's doing it positively Um, and and all we can do is just keep being the change and by being the change, inviting more people to be curious and the more people who do it, who have the privilege to have enough money to afford to be able to make changes and switch things out easily and have the access to shop online and all those sorts of great things that so many of us um, can do, the more we're going to grow the market and create an economy of scale for more people to be able to do it and for it to um, to, to reach a group of people. And uh, and I think that, that that's all we can do because to try and get a government to change at this point in time, I think we've seen that. It's just not going to happen anytime soon. Um, so, But the beautiful thing about grassroots is you get enough people not – buying something a company sees their decline and goes right let's change things up to meet the market demands campbell soups have gotten rid of uh gmos in their ingredients hershey's have done the same huge super brands mars getting rid of their petroleum-based colors like these are big big brands making big changes why because they felt they wanted to do something good for society of course not because the market is changing and the message is getting out out there slowly, slowly, enough to start affecting their bottom lines. And um, and that kind of excites me to see this change starting to happen. It's pretty cool. So, yes, it's kind of despairing when you pop out of your bubble and you, you see um, someone chowing down on blue fairy floss. Uh, you know, like I, I did find that really confronting, especially in the numbers that I actually saw that happening. But, you know, I still just think, okay, rather than getting, you know, horribly sad about that, get – excited and motivated to just keep going and um and and be that change and for people listening no you don't have to start your own health business to be the change you literally just bake beautiful homemade things and use gorgeous low-tox things whip out your low-tox lipstick at a, a lunch with your girlfriends and people get curious Yes. Oh, that's a gorgeous color. What is that? Oh, it's Luke Beauty food. Yeah, I know that it's like so low tox that you could eat it. And you know, and you start these conversations. It can be anyone. Uh-huh. It can be one person person it can be a community of 10,000 can be you know um, a huge brand it can be anybody I think that for me provides like tons of comfort every time I'm out of my bubble and see the blue fairy floss in action and go right we've got work to do let's get back there and do it you know (laughs) Alex um I agree with you entirely because it is about you know the one individual um that that maybe tells the husband or the the wife or then they tell the mother's group 
variables from there. But one of the things that I, I really want us to discuss is cost because mm. what I purchase is I may only purchase one product to do 15 things, whereas someone else yeah. purchases 15 products for each of those things. And I I actually find what I do, the way I um, shop is far cheaper than what I see other people shopping. Mm. So to I, I think the, the whole cost kitchen and and my fruits and vegetables um and then i have my gardens so i'm just finding that you go this way you actually use less product and therefore the cost is less you do you don't have i totally agree and i think it's just yeah yeah like a lot of people like oh my gosh i can't switch all the kids like lunch box snacks and everything to organic that's like three times the price. Well, if you switch the same way you're shopping now to doing everything organic and you're buying like like organic Oreos, which is hilarious, but um, anyway, we won't go there. Um, <laughs> Are, you and, like, <laughs> Are you serious? Are you serious? I didn't know that oh, existed. Yes. Oh, it's true. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, and, <laughs> um, um, and things like, you know what I mean? Like if you're switching all your package stuff to organic package stuff, then yes, it will be three times the price but if you switch your mm. mindset focus on produce versus products then you find you eat less you eat better quality at meal times more nourishing and nutrient dense therefore your body's more satisfied therefore you're waking up all your natural receptors that, that say i'm full don't need any more of that and um and it's really just quite magical and to mm. the like in um low top box stuff you know um sorry personal care and things i was just doing a workshop on the weekend yes if you changed your cheap chemist dry shampoo to a natural organic dry shampoo you'd be looking at going from eight bucks to 30 bucks but if you've got some corn flour or arrowroot powder in your fridge um just pop some of that on your fingers and put it through the little greasy spots that happen on the side when you want to get an extra day out of your shampoo and that's your dry shampoo and it'll cost you like Nothing. Two cents. Zero, practically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I demoed it live in a workshop and the room was stunned. They were like, oh, my gosh. And I've been using these horrible, you know, they've been using these aerosols and talc that can be contaminated with asbestos and all this kind of crazy stuff when you can just literally pop a bit of arrowroot powder and if you've got brown hair or red hair, add some cocoa powder into the mix to darken it up a bit and you're away. And like a body scrub, you know, you've – You've had your French press coffee in the morning because um, you don't use pods, right? So you then use the little, um, the little, um, uh, what is it? That, the the that ground coffee, the leftover. Ground. The leftover. Yeah, the I don't know to call that thing. The leftover <laughs> stuff. Yeah, let's call it yeah. that. Or you can pick it yeah. from your cafe. They'll yep. have some leftover grounds. Mix in a tiny bit of coconut oil, and you've got an unbelievable smelling scrub that gives you baby smooth skin. Um, cents per application. So there are areas I find that you can really, really save money to then reinvest it in some of the areas that cost you more, say like switching to ethical meats or um, uh, or switching to a pure Castile soap over a dodgy kind of um, bath gel that has a whole bunch of crap in it. So there are ways to save money to reinvest mm. elsewhere and I really, really believe that if you 
ending up cost neutral or even sometimes saving a bit of cash, then then there's still work to do. And there's so many things you can do to save cash. And how about you address, oh, I just want to keep going with the cost if I could. How about you address, mm. Alex, the true cost of these products? So you talked about all the plastics that you saw at Disneyland and how, could you address that, what, what I don't think people really realise, like a straw or how we purchase these things oh. and, and, and then the, the toxins. Can you address that for us? Yeah, for sure. Um, so true cost is a really great phrase, isn't it? Because, again, like I find we're going so far fast in this modern life. Everyone's going busy, 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 go, go, go. And we never slow down to stop and really think about our choices on a conscious level or very few of us do or very little of the time do and when you do slow down and you start to look at that straw in that smoothie in that um, single use plastic tub tub that it'll come in and you know you might think that um, you're doing something fabulous for your wellness but really I don't think we're winning if it's just us winning and the the planet's losing out I think Mm. the true cost is when we look at our health and the planet's health together is when you see the true cost of things and so um you know don't have that coffee takeaway sit down in the damn coffee shop take some time out of your day and enjoy it in a proper uh, cup or get a reusable cup um do you need to really drink through a straw um as an adult um you know it it, it is it perhaps time that you might be able to just drink from a glass every straw that was ever made still exists if that doesn't terrify you i don't know what does you know it's it's crazy the the consumerist nature of things and if once you get to know some of the low-tox brands really well you'll see the really good ones are really going hardcore on um what uh, kind of plastics they're using. So they'll even, you know, what I love about Dr. Bronner, one of my favourite things I've learned about them is that they buy in their, their raw material from their partner farms all around the world. They will then use that plastic, recycle it, and then create their packaging from that plastic. So that, and then they'll reuse um, uh, uh, plastics that are recyclable for their packaging rather than producing new petroleum-based plastics for their pack. You know, it's it's interesting. So, you know, there around, are some around, people doing things. Well, the, the thing even around packaging, is, you know, Cindy brought it to our attention probably last year sometime and, and not that we haven't all been thinking of it, but just the wastage, the amount of bags people in shops will give me and I could easily put a whole lot of things into my own bag. Even looking at packaging now for my own skincare, to get it into Europe, it needs to be boxed and to do all of that to the point where it's actually, I think I've made a decision that I'm not interested now in international distribution at this stage because I look at the, the people will open an essential oil or they'll open the, the, the moisturiser and the box just immediately goes in the bin I, I just question from your perspective then um, this this need that you know we want things to look nice and to be nice and we want it to feel good and look good perhaps you know to give a plug to a number of your favorite companies either skin personal care or um, perhaps even food what are some of your go-to brands that you absolutely love that we could that we could plug today Oh, well, I, I adore Walida. They're one of my favourites. Um, I love uh, everything about how strict they 
they are from the very start, like from the plants and making sure the farmers who are looking after the plants are getting paid well and um, from their biodynamic principles. So they literally test the um, the plants every couple of hours um, to ensure that the when they're picking the plant, it's, it's absolute most active to then um, harness the power of that plant in their products right through to the packaging choices. They try and keep as much as possible in glass. But, of course, you know, no family on earth is going to want a bath gel in glass, which, you know, Dr. Bronner struggles with as well um, because they really wanted to do things in glass. But families were like, if I'm going to be using this around my children, it has to be plastic. Um, so, you know, they make concessions that way but really work hard in other ways to, to ensure they're using things like um, – uh, glass wherever possible. Um, who else do I love? Black Chicken Remedies, a gorgeous Aussie brand. Um, Shay does some, some great work and her packaging is super responsible, as are all her ingredients. Uh, I love Air Perez for makeup, another great Australian brand, um, and they're doing what great things. What was the things. makeup? Uh, uh, you know, that water. Air Perez, E-R-E-P-R-P-E-R-E-Z. Um and, uh, yeah, their waterproof black mascara is fantastic. Caveat, you do need to buy it every two months. Um, you know, it's just the nature of its naturalness. Uh, it will clump after two months. But, you know, you really should with the kind of bacteria that can come from a reapplicating product, you should be doing that anyway. Um, reapplicating, that's not even a word. Reapplying, <laughs> sorry. I'm just totally correcting myself. Oh, there, that was I like, believed you. Know, you. You hear yourself, you go, what? <laughs> <laughs> that. Thanks. You can sell one empty. Um, I love the fresca. The fresca deodorants, I think, are fabulous. That unscented fresca is something that keeps me stink-free. Um, and uh, uh, gosh, so many. Uh, look, there are so, that we are spoilt for choice now. That's the beautiful thing. It really is a great time to be choosing more natural products that are better for us for the environment because there are price points everywhere you know you can go budget with something like Lavera, really really low cost or you can go right through to like um oxinium which are a little bit more uh you know sort of prestige cosmetics you see that old school feel so that for the women who really sort of surround a meaning for themselves around something absolutely stunning gorgeous rare and exquisitely packaged they're it is that stuff, but for people who just want practical, economical, something that performs, there's a lot um, there as well. And, you know, we used to think like when I first started choosing natural products, it was like eight or nine years ago now. And back then, you know, you would kind of almost begrudgingly use half of the stuff you were using because the textures weren't there yet and uh, there was a lot of um, there was a lot of what, what should we say kind of, oh, but it's natural. So I'll just keep going with it but you didn't love it and now I think for for women especially because we obviously have quite a bit of emotional attachment to the things we're using every day there's there's real beauty in in the things that we're we're able to choose now and things that smell gorgeous thanks to the natural fragrances and things that really perform thanks to a greater understanding of green chemistry out there 
Alex, your family, just how, uh, do they easily, obviously you've been doing this a long time, but as far as other families changing and things like that, have you found it easy for people to adapt your family all on board and extended family and friends, or are you considered a wacko like the rest of us? No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think we all have m- a lot of time where we are the wacko. My husband's really great. He's one of those guys who, okay, if you can show the case, this for it, I'm totally fine. You know, I, I absolutely believe you. He understands how nerdy I get about things. So I think there was that level of trust. He's like, if Alex has researched this, then it's probably completely true. But for the people who out there, you know, and then my mom, my dad, um, uh, mother-in-law, a bit trickier. <laughs> but, you know, like most people in the family have a, a raised awareness level. And then with friends, you know, I'm big on not selling anything. I've never shared my stuff or anything i I'm about um, into my friendship circle. They have to literally seek it out for themselves because I don't like that dynamic of pushing something down people's throats. Um, it's really just providing information. If you're into it, great. But then what was really interesting is like a, a lot, a, quite a few friends dropped off. I'm just going to be brutally honest um, because I became so passionate about this and started working in this space. And I don't think that's because they didn't like what I was doing. I think it's because you, you can sometimes feel like you therefore don't understand more or um, or it highlights maybe that you kind of feel guilty about what you're using, which is so stupid because I've never judged anybody. I mean, you could literally um, eat blue fairy frost in front of me and I'd be hoping that you were having a great time. Like I really do not judge people for their choices because we're all at a certain level of consciousness in our at a certain point of our lives and you can't shift people out of those consciousnesses until they – have some curiosity evoked in them first. But for anyone out there who finds it super challenging to convert your partner, um, especially if you're really on board and you're really frustrated that they're not, I find documentaries a really great neutral place to come together and assess a a topic together um, neutrally so that you can have a chat about it together instead of you being the person who's telling them what to do and how we have to change everything in our because that can be really confronting. It's kind of like you being the one who breaks up with someone, right, and you've had months to think about it and how you're unhappy and how this just isn't working and you make the big announcement and then, of course, they're not really into it (laughs) and they haven't had months to think about it and they haven't been looking at it from every angle about how it fits in their lives and all of a sudden you've made this grand announcement about how their life's going to change. I actually think going low-tox is a bit similar to that. You know, we have to give people some space and time time and we have to let them come around to it themselves so that they feel like it might be a good idea for them too you know sometimes people never feel like that about breakups and that's the way that goes but I think it's an interesting parallel because we can all kind of relate to a breakup in our lives where you were either broken up with or you're doing the announcing and you know the other person who had no idea about any of this all of a sudden being told this it's a big thing to be told you know all of a sudden everything I've used in my home I'm not I'm going to be using anymore. What do you mean? Um, the disappearing male is probably my favourite doco for um, people as couples because men are more resistant by nature to all this stuff. They think we're just being um, crazy women um, going overboard and overreacting. But the disappearing male really lays out the research on phthalates and lays out the research very directly about how it's affecting sperm. And, you know, they don't want their little swimmers, their little guys to be affected in any way and they want to be strong and fertile men and um, it really appreciates to their psyche. It's a great document. It's a bit old. Um, you know, it's not 
very zhuzhi and and um and finessed, but it's a whole bunch of scientists laying out some really um hardcore research on on how phthalates just really destroy fertility, um, especially in men, and that's why it's called the disappearing male. Um, and so, but that's my favourite one. I've had so many women do the course who go, oh, my gosh, I sat down with my husband. He agreed to watch it with me so that we could talk about it together. He's totally on board now. Now he's letting me think. Trust me when I say it's, it's your draw card if you've got a resistant partner. I always say to read uh, beautiful um, Novak Djokovic's book, um, Serve to Wind, if you want to get your boy, it'll give it to your husband if you want to get him off gluten and things like that. So he talks, he, from a sporting perspective, he does the same thing around chemicals and around gluten, which I think, you know, there's ways oh, of good. getting to yeah. yeah, he uses essential well. Bless he does. He's adorable. <laughs> I love him. I've touched him. I know. Anyway, um, <laughs> well, look, my darling, we, we are just about out of time. Um, what about a KY jelly kind of alternative just on that note, just just thinking of that? <laughs> Coconut oil. Oh, my gosh. Off the top of my head, I actually can't tell you. <laughs> yeah, well, we, oh, great. That works. I've got a couple of brands that we list in the course. <laughs> Um, but yes, especially for the perimenopausal ladies out there, that would be, um, there are definitely natural options. Now, I, I always uh, advocate our everyday body lotion that we have when one lady told me how brilliant it was. So there you go. You can get a natural body lotion that's got things like coconut or aloe vera, things like that. And it's oh, just oh, perfect. And coconut oil, right. Cindy, you're yeah. onto it. Well, exactly. You don't need to worry about that stuff. Have yeah, you noticed Karen's very quiet? Say. I am very quiet because I'm sitting here just shaking my head. I'm like, I don't even know what to say anymore. <laughs> she goes, that would be bloody right. She's got to finish the show on that. And I thought, no, oh, everybody just expects that now. So there's really nothing more I can note. say. <laughs> oh, yeah. Any last what? messages, beautiful oh. Alex, before we finish up? Um, uh, look, I just think – Stay positive. Don't feel that you have to change everything in a day um, because you can't. So let it go. Um, realize that the world is not black and white and there's a whole bunch of gray in there. So change what you can at home. But when you're at your mate's barbecue or in a public toilet, don't freak out if, you know, they've got a scented candle going or one of those psh, psh kind of <laughs> automatic sprays on because, you know, we just have to feel comfortable with what we've done at home and, and really our bodies are detoxifying machines and here and there little bits, you know, in our daily lives is absolutely fine and our bodies were made to get rid of stuff that they don't um, want in there. So, But it's really about that everyday, day-to-day in your home um, toxic load that we want to lower and it's absolutely achievable. So, Tell, tell um, us about I, your course I'll then that people can... Yes. Yeah, I'll pop a link to you guys where people can um, register their interest for the next round, which is going to be end of May, which, of course, I'm super excited about. It's our second one for this year, but it'll be our eighth course running um, ever, which uh, started nearly three years ago now. And uh, and that to me is just such, you know, we just go over everything and you've got all the time to ask the questions in the group and be supported and and do it right and do it by doing it right I mean doing it positively rather than feeling guilty and and uh, ashamed of what you used to use and all those negative wasted emotions it's just about getting excited about what we can change today you're amazing we love you 
Oh, thanks, guys. It's been so nice being on the show. I really appreciate mm. you having me on. Mm. It's very informative. Mm. Very informative. You've Brilliant. got a very sexy voice too, I will say, Alex. Yes. You've got a beautiful television and, and, and radio voice. And articulate. Oh, mm. Even if you make up words uh, like uh, our thank cares. You. My, my, um, my dad. <laughs> my dad was actually a, um, a radio DJ in London in ah, the 60s. So, you know, I, I inherited Inherited the vocals from Dad. <laughs> oh, I tell you, if you started telling men to go chemical-free with that voice, surely that's got to go go somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I need to do, an audio course for men. <laughs> oh, now you're talking, look at that, look at the voice. Mm. Yep, yep. That, that's still here, sex, tox, sex, still sounds the same. That's still here, that. I love it. Thank you, beautiful. What an amazing <laughs> podcast. Alex, thank, thank you. Guys. you. Okay. So we're going to make sure that um, we've got access to all of Alex's courses, programs, website. We're going to put all of that in the show notes. So for those of you guys who are out jogging, walking, shopping, doing whatever it is that you're doing, when you get home, make sure that you log on to um, the computer and you go to all the W's dot thewellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat and that's where you'll see the show notes giving you access to Alex's websites and links for everybody else please make sure that you go to our Facebook page as well all the w's.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat and that's where you can post any questions that you've got and anything that you want to shoot through to us anything you'd like us to cover off or to cut to discuss on our next show also, too, go to all the w's.awakenthechangewithin.com if you'd like to secure one of the final seats that we have available for New Zealand. So if you'd like to go and check that out, go ahead and do that. We've also got a couple of seats still left for Africa. So if you want to go and have a look and see what those trips and treks are all about, now's the time to go and do that before we close them off. New Zealand is just about to close off, so make sure that you do go and have a look at that if you have been flirting with it. So we're going to look so forward to seeing you guys next week on Up For A Chat where you get to become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world and we're going to see you on the trail. Bye for now, everybody. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.